0: Welcome to episode 32 of the Habs Forum. Uh, today it's the season preview for next year. We're one day late. It only took us like three episodes to be uh, later than we promised we would be, which was Sundays and Mondays. But poor Dustin was sick yesterday, so we couldn't record. <laughs> I had
1: a very manly cold.
0: Yeah, very very manly cold, of day course. To day. <laughs> All right, so we got the final cut today, though, so it works out. So that's what we're going to talk about. Obviously, the last preseason game. We're not going to touch on the other games, just the last one, the final cuts. Uh, Paling, obviously, was the last one to be sent down, which means Suzuki and Flurry makes the team. And we're going to have some predictions for the season, including some bold predictions. Uh, Me and Dustin are going to see who could maybe have something actually come true. That's a bold prediction. I'm sure mine are more bold than his because I'm, sure I'm a more bold person in, in general. And we even have some bold predictions from some of our fans on Twitter. So as always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. If you message us, you might actually get on the podcast. Very exciting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's get started. So uh, let's start with the last preseason game. So 4-3 win against Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa, even in the regular season team, their team is basically going to be the quality of preseason team, so I mean, doesn't mean much to begin with because it's a preseason game plus it's Ottawa, but a fairly exciting game nonetheless with what an ending to the training camp, what an exclamation mark, just having Suzuki scoring that great, great goal in overtime, I, it's, the mo- it's definitely the most I celebrated during preseason <laughs> was definitely, it
1: was, it was like you said, it was the perfect way to end the preseason Nick Suzuki basically, you know Putting his stamp on it, making sure that there was no way that he could get cut. I mean, I th- I thought he was pretty safe even at that point. But exactly, he had
0: already made the team probably, but that was just—it's over. It is over. He's on the team. He made Pajot look like a fool, and I hope he does it many more <laughs> times in the future. It w- it was it was really 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 uh great to see. Uh, there, there there was other good things from the game because you can see the veterans. Uh, really step up I mean, everyone. it's no surprise It's no, not surprise I should say But everyone remembers who our best line was last year The most consistent line was Danu, Tata, and Gallagher I always say Tatar's name you in do. French I don't you know do. why I think it's because of uh, Thomas Tata, Ta-ta. 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 Ta-ta.
1: Anyways. Our, f- our first ever interview, interview I know,
0: very, very exciting time Still <laughs> our most uh, listened to episode uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that line got all three goals yeah, that brought us to overtime. So they, uh, each of them had one goal, including a short-handed, great shorthanded goal by, by Dan O. So it's great to see our most most consistent line ready to go, ready for the season to start. I mean, we need them to have a repeat performance from last year if you want to maybe make the playoffs. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. I mean, especially after the two the back-to-back shutouts uh, against Toronto. Um, well, know, one I mean, against the
0: Leafs and one against the Marlies. Yeah, that's
1: true. Right? It's on top of it. One <laughs> against the Marlies. But... Uh, I mean, obviously it was preseason, but I mean, it' a little concerning at the same time. If you go back to back games, especially when we had a pretty decent lineup, both the both both times we got shut out against them. So I mean, it was good to see that you know they they, they, they all had a good game. The last game of the preseason ha- build a little bit of momentum going into the regular season.
0: Surprising to see Duane scratched though, and it was kind of a last second thing. <laughs> And it's hard not to have the tinfoil hat on and think that that was just Claude Julien knock about being like, alright, we're sick of the media's already on his case. He's obviously having a hard time finding his game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean... They, they just had, scratched it him, did have something right? to do with it, I would, I would think. But
0: usually, if it wasn't for that, for maybe the media being on his case and all that already, the last preseason game is a situation where you want him there.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, does he really have anything to prove? But, yeah, I mean, I guess he Oh, I would he argue could... he does, but okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously made the team. Oh, no, yes, of know? course, of course. But, yeah, you would like to, you know, maybe build a little bit more momentum or have him hopefully build a little bit of momentum going into the season. Well, but... like I
0: just said, for Dan O'Gallagher and, uh, and Tatar, I mean, that was, I mean, I'm very confident they're going to be ready to go for Game 1. And that's perfect, right? I mean... Domi had that stupid penalty. I, I just think he—I don't know—he goes a little crazy in preseason for some reason. I mean, he, <laughs> he's just he, so he, excited he, he, to get going. I know he had that that incident last year too, so uh, uh, it, sh- it should be fine. I mean, the story was Suzuki, but I mean, there was two players that we were mainly looking at. Suzuki had pretty much already made the team. Someone—I mean, Suzuki—we know how much skill he has. We talked about him a lot last year with his performance in in junior. But someone I don't think a lot of people expected would make the team out of camp. I mean, he's always been a little bit of a Dustin favorite. That's right. But My Flurry, boy. Flurry Kale making the Flurry. team. I mean, and really at the end of that game, no doubts either there. That performed better than Folene or Riley in Brees, that's for yeah.
1: sure. I mean, it, I don't want to tell tell anyone that I I told you so. But to a lot of people that follow us on Twitter that, that I messaged with, you know, when I said uh, basically that Cale Flurry was going to make the team before Josh Brook did, caught a lot of flack for that. And here we are. You actually
0: caught flat for that, for ma- yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: it was you know a lot of people thought no, there's no way Josh Brook is as a as a much more high ceiling. He's he's more NHL ready. I mean,
0: no one's arguing Josh Brook doesn't have a higher oh, ceiling. No, no, I agree with that. I know, I know, I know, I know but, you
1: do, but that's a, that's a r- ridiculous
0: <laughs> argument. But that doesn't mean he'll make that uh, team. first. No,
1: no, but they, also some people said he's more NHL ready. But here we are. I know. I know. I feel like my like my my kid just made the NHL, <laughs> <laughs> and he earned it. He really, really earned it. I mean, obviously, it
0: helps that at the bottom of the defense unit is it, it, is a bit weaker. I mean, with guys like I mean Kulak had a great year, but guys like Follin and guys like Mike Riley, you know, it's there. There was an opportunity
1: there. Yeah, especially on the right side. I mean, obviously, yeah. um, I mean Foline a pretty decent defenseman, but it's I mean, fine. but Fleury definitely showed showed what he could do that he's, that he is better than him. Obviously benefited as well from Juleson being injured. Yeah, for sure. Juleson,
0: who was placed on IR today, I mean, not looking good for the future. Juleson at this point, unfortunately.
1: No, unfortunately, still not a whole lot of news. Um, Bergevin, I think it was today. He did say that he does expect him to play hockey again. Okay, that's good. Um, no time frame for. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he can bounce back. I'm sure once he does come back, uh, you know, he'll he'll be getting some time in Laval just to. Uh, just to, uh, well, as a conditioning stint or whatever. But, uh, no, super happy that Kale Fleury, Fleury made the team. And so, the the John Liu
0: tweeted out today the the lines at practice to, to give us a bit of an idea. And, like, as expected, is going to be playing next to Kulak. I mean, that could be a really solid, like, bottom yeah. pairing, right? Because, I mean, Chirot and Petrie have looked great together. We know what Meta and Weber could do together. I'm feeling a lot better about our defense,
1: yeah. Today
0: than I did going into preseason <laughs> with the way Flurry performed, and if you if you look, really look at Kulak's advanced stats last year, he was he was a very solid, uh, solid for a five six defenseman. So I don't know, if that if this unit can stay healthy, it's it's not that bad. I mean, I'm sure on, I'm still like I'm not sure yet. I mean, it was just preseason as a veteran. Let's let's wait and see. But it's it's looking better than I thought it would.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, definitely. I mean it's a pretty solid lineup. You know, seven eight defensemen as well. You have Foline and Riley. they are there are two other, you know, NHL ready defensemen that can play. You know, they can they c- they can step in there whenever need be if there's any injuries or anything. And there's also some guys in Laval that could, uh, you know, if if need be if there are quite a few injuries they could step up. You know, Liskin and Josh Brook, obviously, though you know he, he he's gonna need a little bit of time in Laval to uh, to work on his defensive game. Xavier Wallette too. I mean there's there's a lot of guys that could step up, maybe Carl Alzner. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Probably who knows? Not. <laughs> I mean
0: he 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 got like one or two games and, and he I mean you didn't notice him in uh, in the games he played, which I guess isn't a bad thing for well, Eval- that's, a,
1: that's the kind of thing that you want Alzner. from Carl Alzner not to notice him. Uh, but
0: it's like eh. That's when he's
1: playing his best hockey.
0: But I I I don't see the point of having I don't no, I, I, he just doesn't really bring much to the team. But I mean, you mentioned Riley and Foley, which is good depth. But realistically, so the last cut was Ryan Paling. But Beltrame has been very clear. Like he's he had interviews today, and it was made it quite obvious that this was temporary, and he insisted, kind of like insinuated, kind of obviously that a trade was coming. Yeah, that, well, that I... something was going to happen. And the, the you would think that it's going to be Riley or Foley
1: um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, definitely, I think if he could get anything for one of those defensemen, he'll definitely make that move. I think now that everyone's cleared waivers at this point, or mm-hmm. everyone that's got sent down has cleared waivers, it's going to open up a lot of possibilities. I think Udon would be definitely, I definitely see him being moved in the next 24 hours for another guy that's cleared waivers. So as I posted on Twitter, guys, that I could see him being traded for either maybe to Chicago for the defenseman Gustav Forsling uh, okay. or to Vancouver for the defenseman Alex Biega, who would make sense he's a right-handed defenseman, a little bit older, probably you know just have him play in Laval. He could be maybe a first call-up kind of guy if Josh Brook isn't ready to go. Same thing, I think Lingren. I mean, I would like
0: Josh Brook to, unless he does really, really well in in uh, the AHL, yeah. I would like for Josh Brook to pretty much spend the whole year there. Yeah. I think he could do same, him a lot of good. The
1: same thing that, did, you know, that, that happened to Cale Fleury exactly. last year. That's exactly. why he was ready to go this season, so same sort of thing. Uh, I think Lingren could potentially get moved as well. Winnipeg just lost their third-string goalie today. Got uh, Eric Comrie got picked up by Arizona. I think maybe uh, Lingering could get traded over there. And for those who
0: don't know, because when the, the, these types of trades come up after they clear waivers, people always seem to wonder, oh, why wouldn't a team just pick him up if they wanted him? Well, the thing is, is if you pick someone up off waivers, you can't just send him back to your AHL team. They have to... So, so people are clearing space. on. So once they clear and go to the AHL you see it all the time there's always it yeah, exactly. ends, up, ends up being moves after after the fact so i'm sure there's teams out there out there that would love to give a, you don't want a shot i mean his time yeah. in montreal is clearly
1: uh, yeah, exactly. over you yeah. know so like you said they've already cleared and the other thing too, is too that you don't want to necessarily add an extra contract exactly especially yeah. with the canadians are already at 48 contracts so yeah. they only have two open and they did the same uh, same thing last year when they after Gustav Olsson went through waivers, they traded for him. Uh, they traded one of their prospects, Will Bitten, to get him. So I definitely wouldn't put uh, put it past them to do the same sort of trade. Again, I think you'll definitely see the Canadians make a trade in the next twenty four hours. That that quickly, you think it'll be? Uh, yeah, probably before, definitely before the weekend. So 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 you think Paling
0: is going to be back on the on the squad very quickly, sooner rather than later.
1: Uh, not. I mean, I could maybe see paling like again, because, like Bergevin mentioned, he um, you know, was only able to play, I think, two preseason games yeah. because of the injury. So I, I could see him maybe playing, the the Rocketer playing Friday and Saturday in Laval. So I could see him maybe playing those two games I and mean, then getting called back. Th-
0: this is what he said from Eric Engels' Twitter. He said, <laughs> when asked about sending Ryan Paling to Laval, Bergevin said, I don't have a time frame, but it's not going to be for long. So whatever that means, it means what it means, but it's clear that Paling has essentially made the Montreal Canadiens, and I'm sure that was said to him too oh yeah definitely and, and so. like I'm sure Peeling understands that that's what the situation is right now it, it's just a case where you send a guy down and don't lose anything in in, in, in that case and the, the fact that he was hurt too kind of helps the decision a little bit It might not be a bad idea to see him uh su- suit up for a few games with uh with Laval I mean they're, they're playing on Friday right that's the that's the opener for Laval yeah so, they're yeah. playing
1: Friday and Saturday against the Cleveland Monsters uh, both in Laval so it, you know it wouldn't. It would make sense maybe to have him play those first two games in Laval. Yeah. It's not like and he then, has to uh, travel
0: with a team or anything. And then you uh, you bring him back for uh, for after. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. So if if you had, so you didn't seem too sure to be Riley or Foley, So you think it's more maybe a guy like like Armia or like who else? Who on the offensive side would you think would get moved?
1: Well, uh, I mean, not necessarily get moved. Well, maybe take Thompson sort of out of the lineup. No, but well, like if, if you that. want to
0: call up Thompson, you got to move someone. And you weren't doesn't seem too sure that it would be. Well, yeah. Riley I mean, or no. Foucault. At that
1: point, I mean, if they're calling Paling up, then then it's probably because they're they've they've sent one of the defensemen down or they've moved one or they traded one of the defensemen. Like I'm so. pretty
0: confident there's like cuz like you mentioned trades like with in regards to Lingren and and um and Udon. I don't disagree that that might happen soon, but I think that the trades he's more focused on is he wants Paling on the team right now. And but he doesn't want to lose who he, anyone he has on the team for nothing. So I, I'm thinking someone that's currently in the 23-man roster
1: will be moved <coughs> sooner rather than later. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it could could be very could very well be. I think maybe not necessarily in the next few days. Um, though there was one team, I think Buffalo, that already like. There was like four guys they put on IR, and they had to oh. call up like three guys already. Oh jeez. Um, so uh, maybe maybe that would make sense. Maybe Buffalo. Uh,
0: all right. So then. Moving on, the, the, the team's pretty pretty much set. Here's Dustin pretending to be sick again. Uh, <laughs> so looking at the lines again, so I touched on line a little bit. So like defense, we've talked about already. I mean, the only question mark was Kulak and Flurry. Everyone else, we knew who was going to play together. So we got the first time line of Tatar again, Tatar, Danu, and Galley. Uh, but then it was looking like Lekin and Domi, and Suzuki was making up what would pretty much be the second line. And then Drouin with Katkiniemi and Armia. Now, I really like this. Because this kind of spreads... We basically have three lines here that can offer pretty much equal offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dano's line is going to be the be- the better like, overall line considering how good they are defensively. And obviously, they have a whole season of chemistry behind them. But finally, Katkiniemi was someone with... I mean, Drouin, obviously, like, I mean, I'm not shy about saying he needs to step it up. But he does have skill. So I love seeing Katkiniemi with him. I mean... Armia next to I'm getting a little sick of it. But if De gonna be on the other side, I don't mind it so much. Mm. And I get the idea: you put Armia on one line, you put Leikenen on the other line with, with Domi and Suzuki. And Leikenen, some people might say, why is he playing with Domi and Suzuki? He hasn't been able to score for two years, but he's great
1: defensively. So it adds that mm. stability to to a line that has the new kid in Suzuki. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, yeah, Leikenen definitely. I mean, we know what he can bring defensively to to the team. But, I mean, again, his rookie season, he scored 18 goals. I mean, definitely the potential for him to score is there. He, unfortunately, hasn't been able to do it the last two years. But um, If he can't score with these two guys, though, then I'm going to be... We can only say he scored 18 goals
0: in his rookie season for so long. That's true. Like, eventually <laughs> that just becomes like, okay, well, he's, it's never going to happen again. But, uh, but not, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And then the fourth line, it's uh, Thompson at, at center with Wheel, and it seems to be Cousins is the on man out, I would think. Uh, unless Byron is hurt, because uh, because yeah. Byron's always always kind of a little bit day to day, it seems like. But I'm liking this lineup coming into the season. Honestly, it's, it's Suzuki adds so much to this team. If he can look as good in regular season hockey as he did in preseason, it just it completely changes what this team looks like because it just adds that score then now we have Dwayne playing with Katkenyemi so Katkenyemi actually has someone with offensive upside playing with him and then Domi and Suzuki have already, already looked pretty in the last preseason game the most excited I would get because hmm. I know what to expect from, from Dano, Tatar and Gali when I would see Suzuki and Domi passing the puck between each other I was like oh my god please more <laughs> it was, it's, 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 it's incredible to see it just completely changes our offensive unit
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, the the fact that Suzuki made the team, obviously. I mean, it just adds so many more options now to Claude Julien for uh, for the offense. It's I mean, and the power play. Yeah, I mean that too. Suzuki is definitely going to be a good option, probably not in the first unit, but on the second unit.
0: Which means, hopefully, no more Armia on the power play.
1: We can only hope.
0: Because because I, I would assume the only reason Armia played so many minutes on the power play was because they wanted a right-handed shot there. And the handiness of the players on the power play is much more important than it yeah. is 5-on-5 five because five, you're trying to set up one-timers, you're trying to set up some, some quick shots. Except for Galley, pretty much everyone else, you know, it's a lot of left-handed shots. So that's why, that's why I think Army had a lot of minutes. But we saw Suzuki in preseason on the power I mean, the power play just last is still preseason still, but last preseason game of the season, once again, didn't do anything. Scoring more on, on short-handed, it seems like. But... Suzuki has looked good on the power play.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's looked good in all situations. Yeah, for really. sure, for sure. But he definitely
0: has his place. He, has, he, had that, oh, he yeah. has that scoring edge, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with, with the way the power play went last year. I mean, the, you know, they're obviously going to try everything everything they can. And, I mean, like I said, Suzuki's looked really good in all situations during the preseason. Obviously, it's going to be a struggle to keep it going in, in the regular season.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: especially at first, you know, when, once he... You know, trying to get adjusted to the NHL, to the real NHL game, but definitely, I mean, Suzuki. Now that he has made the team, is going to get every single opportunity to shine. He's already going to get minutes on the second line with Domi exactly. and Lekkinen. He's going to get power play time. Probably not going to see him on the PK, but no. you know, he's he, he he definitely has potential to put up a solid season here. And
0: the big difference here between Suzuki and and Kupchynskyi last year, which I I think Kupchynskyi had a very solid season. It was up and down. But Suzuki, even though he's mentioned a few times that he considers himself a natural center, I think the, 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 the Habs organization, our idea of him is more on the wing. And it's, it's a lot easier to plug in a young guy on the wing, on the top six, than a, than a center. Like, y- you need your centerman to be a bit more responsible defensively, to be able to have a, a bit more of a complete game. And the Canadians clearly want to, to to develop into being a complete first-line center. So like that's why some a lot of his minutes have to be sheltered throughout the year though and uh, all that type of stuff. But with Suzuki, first of all, he's older than Kakinami was last year, and he's a winger. Like he's he's playing on the wing next to Domi, and so it just opens up so much more opportunities. I think you, you're quickly going to see him play more minutes from the get-go than Kakinami,
1: maybe. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, being on that second line for sure, he's going to get uh, he's going to end up getting a lot of minutes next to Domi. I mean, obviously these are just the lines that we're starting the season with. I mean, they might not even be uh, the. <clears throat> yeah, the 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 lines that we get on Thursday night. For sure. I
0: mean, they make a lot of sense when you look at them, though. And Domi and Suzuki have looked good together, so I don't think they'd want to split them up. I get the idea of putting Lekin in with them to put a bit more of insurance there. The one thing... I love seeing Droy and Kakinemi together. I don't know if we're going to see that a lot. I feel like it's mm-hmm. going to be like, would they make one mistake defensively and then Jani is going to pull the plug.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's the advantage though of having having Armia out there with him, of course, is obviously he's a little bit more sound defensively. Um, I'm wondering if maybe Drouin starting on the third line is not not like a penalty, but like I don't know, a bit of maybe a bit of a punishment or a bit of a message. <clears throat> Sorry, a bit of a message that he has to you know get but get his shit together. Here, here's basically. the thing:
0: it's not the third line. Uh, well, and I'm sure yes. this is the, the 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 communication coming from Julien. I mean, it it, it we view it as the third line because obviously Domi was our top scorer last year. And but the thing is, is I look at this this team here, and there's a fourth line, and there's basically three very good second lines. Yeah, that, that that's how I view it, and I view I think it's a situation where. It's like that's all. Then Tatar Danu and Gali are gonna play the most minutes, regardless, because they're gonna make, play against the best yeah, unit sure. on the on the other side. Plus, it can perform offensively. To me, it's then two A and two B, and whatever whichever of the two is performing better on any given day, is gonna get more opportunities.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that you know they're all three of the top lines are definitely gonna get their their opportunity. Um, but, I mean, I think you still would see it, or at least Gouet would see it as a, a bit of a demotion going from Domi's line to Kakidemi's line. Eh, I mean, I, I don't know why he would
0: see it like that. I mean, it's not like... Because then, if you're going to look at it that way, then why wouldn't Domi say the same thing? Saying, oh, why am I playing with a new kid and the guy that can't score? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, guess, I guess. You know? I, guess, I mean... Yeah, I, I guess you could see it that way too. But. If if
0: Dwayne does see it that way, then okay, then step up.
1: <laughs> well, I think I, I mean I think that's a part of the reason why he's on the third line, is that it is a bit of a message to him, step up. Sure, maybe, but I, I can see that line if he, if it
0: does step up. Keep him together. Cut I mean, Kinyemi, we're not grooming him to be a third-line center. No, no, we of course we not. want him to be an, an elite center. I mean, if anything, him playing next to I uh, he should be taking that as a, a veteran opportunity to help the other guy. I mean, maybe he's excited to play against the other whipping boy on the team because I love Kanyemi, but he's been getting <laughs> a lot of flack on the wonderful, illustrious TV uh, mm. among others, with that ridiculous... Uh, article that, that they tweeted out. What, what was it again? Like he's in, like already in hot water or whatever. Like he's nineteen years old. Like yeah. relax. No, no,
1: no. T- TBS ball is all about the clickbait. And, and
0: like, plus, they don't even know how to do a proper broadcast, so I mean that doesn't help. That's true. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I hope it starts. I hope this is, these are the lines that we see to start of the year.
1: Uh, yeah, there's definitely some interesting lines for I mean, sure.
0: We've wanted to see Buket Kinemi and and the point play together more mm. for forever. Yeah. So I'd stop rather... teasing us and do it.
1: I'd rather see them... I think Byron would make a lot of sense. I think Byron, though, like, he, has he played at all in preseason? Or, like, he played know. at the beginning? I think so. Right? Like, so, like, I think
0: it's a situation... <laughs> like, the it thing with be. Byron, like we've talked about, I love Byron. I, I think he's better than a fourth-line player. But he's in and out of the lineup a lot because of injuries. So maybe you don't want to establish him as the main line mate for someone throughout. The, but I think he's the first guy that gets moved up on any one of these Fine. lines. Anyone yeah. in in the in the top nine gets hurt, it's obviously Byron that goes. That oh yeah, goes I mean spot.
1: Byron's already proved right that he can he can play anywhere in the lineup.
0: Exactly right. So he's kind of a, a an ideal person to have on the fourth line because you can plug him anywhere and yeah, it, no, it, sure. it's not going to weaken that line and it's 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 going to be perfect. So I think it makes sense in that sense and like especially if he's not hundred percent yet, you know he's going to play less minutes. You know, you want him out there for the PK.
1: Yeah, I mean the the other options are great too. I mean like Jordan Wheel as well. Yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, too too nervous about putting him on the third line either. Well, some people were saying that they wish they saw Wheel instead of Armia next to Kut Kinyemi. I mean that uh,
0: that wouldn't be a bad thing to try either. Yeah. I mean, in my it, it seems like there's a bit of a like maybe they just want Armia's veteran presence, not just because it. I I'm thinking it's the off the ice too for Kut Kinyemi with Armia. So they, yeah, they maybe be. they like him next to him in in, in that sense, but uh, I mean I've liked what I've seen from Wheel more than Armia, it last ended last season and preseason.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, hopefully that's what they roll with the, in the first game, and I mean uh, I mean that's even even with Army on the line with Gouein and Cookie, I mean that's definitely a line that could uh, that could put up some goals as well. All right, so it's, it's exciting
0: to see for the first year, the first the first game against uh, former Montreal Canadiens, Sebastian Ajo, on uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. So. That's true. <laughs> it should be, a, should be an exciting first game. So let's get into the predictions then. So let's get to... We got some bold predictions. Like I said, I'm probably a bit more bold. Uh, I'll, I'll start first because I have one. My first bold prediction has to do with what we were just talking about. And I think that Nick Suzuki not only will have a great year, I won't go as far as saying he will win Rookie of the Year, but he will be top three in voting for Rookie
1: of the Year. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I could see that, and that's that actually came up quite a bit with uh, some of the predictions that we got uh, from some of the uh, some of our friends from the podcast. But I mean, normally I would say yes, but there's so many good rookies this year. Like I mean, you got Quinn Hughes, you got Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, uh, Ka- uh, Capo Caco. You got uh, Kale McCarr. There's so many good prospects. It's out there.
0: A, lo- a lot, a lot, a lot of first years. He's got, he has the advantage of having a few more years behind him. He's starting the year. He's not, he's not playing on a on a bottom feeder team. He's playing starting the year like next to a guy that had seventy plus points last year. I mean, And he's, he's getting gonna, all the. He he's he's going to get power play time. He's gonna get all the opportunities in in in, in the
1: world. I mean, yeah, he, he could definitely you know, I mean he has the potential to do it. But I don't and know I do not I d I don't I he, don't see it. The top three yeah. rookies of the year too,
0: it's never like whoever were the top three picks in the previous draft or something like that. Right? They're, no, they're, they're, well, they're, 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 there's usually a player that maybe not the winner, but that that's like that that just came that he he took him a few more years to make it to the NHL, but he shows up more mature. I'm not saying that he has as much career upside hmm. as a guy like Jack Hughes but he might be more ready for the NHL today than some of those guys
1: yeah no, I mean no, he, he has a potential I mean I think it's going to be tough it's going to be an uphill battle against the other guys um, Just because they also have a lot of ra- uh, name recognition all four of those guys but uh, not that Suzuki doesn't I mean obviously we all love Suzuki plus he plays right. for the Montreal Canadiens I mean major market does play a factor let's
0: not kid ourselves
1: no, well, no, uh, I mean, for sure, but uh, he's, he's definitely going to be an uphill battle against those four guys, in my opinion. I'm not saying it. that's why it's a bold prediction. That's well, that's true, I guess.
0: It's, I'm being <laughs> bold. Uh, and and I just and I think he will have a better rookie season than uh, Kutkinemi had. Uh, oh, yes. No, I statistically definitely think, yeah, think Kutkinemi had
1: 38 points last year. I, uh, think, he, I, I think, think he gets
0: sure. more than know. that. Yeah, 11 goals, 23 uh, assists for 34 points. 34 points, yeah. Yeah, definitely. a much easier situation that. from Suzuki. It's not t- taking anything away from Katkinemi, and like I mentioned before, they're not going to be as concerned about sheltering his minutes. Uh, but I'm excited. I really think right off, the, uh, right off the gate, playing next, they they seem to have a bit of chemistry. Him and Domi, uh, it's very very excited to to see what. And going into the season, uh, even at the end of last year, I was kind of reading some scouting reports, trying to watch as many highlights from Suzuki as possible, and. Just his, his camp last year wasn't that great. And as great as his juniors were, I was getting worried. Is, is he just one of those those kids that is amazing at the lower level but doesn't quite have that next step at the NHL? And, yes, it's just one preseason. But he has not looked out of place at all. He looks like he's ready to go. And it's I just think he's just going to keep on surprising and... It's going to be the most exciting story storyline of the season for the Canadians.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's going to be exciting to watch him go. I mean, uh, with Domi, um, like I said, he's going to get every opportunity to succeed. And uh, I mean, it's definitely a bold prediction, but I mean, definitely one that uh, they could they could happen. Yeah. So, what's your first uh, bold prediction? <laughs> well, it's not really that bold. Of well, course, it's not. But the Habs finish third in the division. I think that's pretty bold. I think that's pretty bold. Okay, so they finished
0: third in the... So let's look at the standings from last year. So uh, in the division, we had Tampa Bay, who broke records. Tampa Bay is obviously going to finish first. Oh, they might even beat their record from last year. They're going to come in hot, I would think. Probably not. They're not going to have more than 62 wins. You never know, never know. never know. Then you have Boston. Then you have Toronto. Then you have Carolina.
1: Florida. Well, the Canadians were before Florida. Canadians, Florida uh I forget Carolina and Florida I mean I, I, I don't, they're not gonna do anything. Carolina has a good defense but uh. Not too is he, about
0: that. Like Columbus is the first one that I'm going to be like, don't let. Uh, I, I forgot about. Uh, no, wait, I'm looking at the wrong division. Sorry. Uh, Carolina's not in our division. Sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> well, there you go. Even, even less reason to worry about it. <laughs> even less to worry about it. Uh, so, yeah, okay. So it goes the first three. I uh, did not get those wrong. And then it goes Montreal was, was fourth. And then you got Florida, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Yeah. So if you start from the bottom, Ottawa, Detroit. Who cares? Ottawa's going to be one of the worst teams in a while, I think, this year. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, definitely. Buffalo is one of those teams that you keep thinking they're going to take that next step. There's no. They're Florida not has a solid team. But, I, yeah, I don't think it's that bold. But So let's talk about the teams they have to get past.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not getting past the Lightning. There's just no way. Okay. I think I think Toronto. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be as good as, as people think they're going to be. I think they're going to flop. It's going to be it's going to be really close between the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. I mean, it was last yeah. year. There's only a four point difference. Yeah. Uh, to it's, it's I think uh, will will be four points up this at the end of next season.
0: So let's look at what Toronto did. The, the main move, main change to Toronto's team from last year. I mean, I, I I don't follow them as closely as the Canadians, obviously, but they lost Gardner, replaced him with Barry. Yeah, that's an upgrade.
1: Uh yeah well I mean we'll we we'll yeah I mean yeah on paper it is but I mean I don't know I think Jake Garner was there for so long that you have sort of a chemistry they also lost uh, Zaitsev as well yeah
0: but he was uh, they did not
1: like him towards the end Zaitsev oh, They didn't like Garner either yeah. some of them <laughs> Zaitsev did. they replaced with uh, like basically it was like Cody Cece uh did they like they, okay, they got just, traded I'm just pulling up uh, one
0: another. uh pulling up the roster yeah so the, the defense got. Tyson Berry, Cody C, Kevin Gravel, which I, I thought I saw that he got sent down, no?
1: Uh, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, because
0: I'm pulling this from the Leafs website. Whoever runs this website, clearly not <laughs> keeping it up to date. Uh, Justin Hall, Martin M- Marinson, oh, Jake Muzzin, yeah, Jake Muzzin, yeah, who was... Muzzin. So, he didn't start the year with the, the, the Leafs, so that's a big one. And then Morgan Riley. So, you got a top four. The top the top three is solid. Tyson yeah. Berry, Jake Muzzin, and Morgan Riley.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, that's, definitely, that's it's definitely hard strong. to argue with that. It's very I mean, strong. That's pretty decent. But uh, I don't know, I, I just I don't see it. I mean they're they're way too hot, top heavy. They're definitely very top heavy. Uh I mean like like outside
0: of the main guys, I mean like cause obviously Marner, Matthews, Nylander and Tavares are the top guys and then you kind of like Casper Kapanen is, is has some skill, but you know, it's but yeah, it's gonna be hard. I mean, the, the Canadians don't compete with that top heaviness. Frederick Anderson oh, is a death. solid
1: goalie. Yeah, Fr- yeah. Fr- Frederick Anderson is definitely a solid goaltender. Um, I think he's pretty underrated in my opinion. I think he's one of the best goalies in the NHL. But uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what if I mean Tyson Berry, and uh, we'll see how he gels with um gels in Toronto. So, d- do you think they have a chance to usurp? Boston, or
0: you're just banking on they're gonna they're gonna pass uh, Toronto.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna pass Toronto. I think Boston's really good, a really good team. I don't I don't think they'll be able to catch up to Boston, but uh, I think we'll upset them in the first round. I know they're
0: starting the year with uh, David Krejci uh, being injured because I drafted him yesterday in our fantasy pool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, but he's not, he's not that, he's not that seriously injured. I'm just, but yeah, we yeah, bostons It's going to be tough. I mean, you, you'd think that one of these days, uh, Chara will start, stop playing, but I guess not. Uh, but, uh, Oh, did I
1: just lose the internet here? But yeah, I mean, they, they're they good all around and they got a young team too. I mean, they're, they're going to be good for a while. Yeah.
0: I think so. Unfortunately, we obviously yeah. dislike Boston. But all right, no, that I think that's pretty bold. I think that's pretty bold. Uh, I uh, I can see it happening. I mean, the Canadians were close uh, to to the Leafs last year, but honestly, I'm worried that the Canadians are gonna have a, they're gonna have a few players. The the main reason I'm excited for the year this year is how good Suzuki has looked in camp because that adds an element to the team. And starting the year with Shea Weber is a huge, 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 huge difference. So when I mean, we saw how the team started to collapse last year when it was taking a while for Weber to come back. Yep. So our defense overall, to start the year, is definitely better. And overall for the whole season should be better. But we had a lot of players in career years last year. Like, are they going to repeat that? Uh, or, or, I mean, it may, maybe like Domi goes down a bit, but maybe then DeHoyne has a better year and, and like Suzuki has a solid year. So it's possible. I think you're right that it's going to be close between the two. But I don't. I think if the Canadians want to make the playoffs, it's going to have to be one of those wild cards. Not one of yeah. those. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I
1: mean, I definitely think they're going to get to a wild card spot at least. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some some player, like you said, there was a lot of players that had had huge seasons last year that I don't think necessarily. Like Domi is a good example. He had a, a ridiculous season last season. Don't necessarily think he's going to have the same season. Uh, the Goulet, I think, is going to do a little bit better. Some other guys I think are, are going to do a little bit better, like Lekin and having Weber start the season and having him ready to go, not not starting you know, halfway through the season and not necessarily at 100% when he jumped into the lineup, that's going to be a huge difference. And I think the biggest difference, just having Keith Kincaid and not relying on Antiniemi, that that's just a few wins right there. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Price. But,
0: but still, I think Price needs to have a Vezina-worthy
1: season. For the Canadians to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I think having a good backup like Keith Kincaid is going to help him do that.
0: For sure. But you, got, you have the teams that are under Montreal, like New Jersey, I think are going to bounce back a little bit uh, this year. I think Corey Schneider took a couple of years to recover from an injury, but I think he, he, we might see a kind of a, a bounce back season from him. Uh, I mean, Buffalo is bound to get better eventually. You have some good young players. The Rangers and Philadelphia and Florida. Those are all teams that are not, not that far from the Canadians but didn't have as good a season as the Canadians last year. I mean, at the same time, I do think Columbus is going to drop off. I'm very curious to see what the Islanders are going to do. Yeah. Because uh, they were with the Devils. extremely surprising last year yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't so, think they'll do the same thing, though. Especially they, they lost Robin Leonard and replaced him with Varlamov. Who ask any abs fan is not as good as he used to be and he's just not gonna i don't i don't, I don't i'm not seeing that so i mean but then you know you swap islanders out they had a, a division position so you, that position would go to one of the the teams that are not in the canadians division but it's, it's going to be hard i i if i had to put money on it i i think i'm still saying the canadians miss the
1: playoffs but barely that's a bold prediction. Still an exciting season.
0: <laughs> Still a, the the young guys performing well. But it, it all falls to, like, Weber staying healthy yeah. and Carey Price. If the Canadians make the playoffs and want to go on a run, Carey Price is, has to lift the Vezina. It, w- it would be a second win, right? Uh, At least a second. Does is it even another one? I, 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 I think he's been nominated a few times. But I feel like he's only won, won the one time. But Price needs to win the Vezina. Or be in the conversation if they if they want to make it. All right, so let's move on to the. Uh, how about you go first for this one? Your next bold prediction.
1: Um. Okay. Well, I th- I mean, I think definitely if my first prediction is right, I think Bergevin wins GM of the year. Ooh. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, especially if they, if they do have a really good year, if they improve upon last year, it's tough to it's tough to beat them. But what? it's like what would he have done like
0: this off season and so is this just a lifetime achievement award because all his like young players fine because it's not like there was any big 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 moves
1: no it's true i mean he didn't necessarily make any big moves i think i mean the moves that he did make i mean i think getting ben sharat is a big positive i think yeah, just having a guy that that has that sort of the sandpaper the grit on the defense is something that we really needed. Um, adding Keith Kincaid again I think is is huge. I think he's one of the best backup maybe maybe the best backup in the NHL, Keith Kincaid. <laughs> uh, he's definitely the, the type of player the type of goaltender I like
0: having as a backup. Just that, that he's more this one more of a veteran guy, has spent some time on New Jersey being the starter. So i mean, I, I, I love that, that mood from, from Bergerman. I just don't know if Bergerman has the same recognition Uh, from maybe uh, maybe maybe, maybe. I I could see if they do if they do end up having a solid season it's hard to tell with that 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 trophy it's kind of the yeah I mean you never know sometimes yeah it's
1: kind of true I guess but (laughs) um, yeah I mean I think if, if they do have a really good year they improve and they do like I said finish in third Definitely yeah, be that's up a there. good
0: point. If they finish in third after mission, missing the playoffs, I, I I could I could see him winning it, but it's it's still it's the main reason I think this prediction is bold is trying to predict who wins that trophy in general is bold.
1: Yeah. Well that's why we're calling it a bold prediction. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so that's that's not bad. so I actually have a, a Bergerman prediction too. In uh I I don't know if that's that bold, but I think regardless of how the season is going, before the trade deadline passes, Bergerman will make a major trade. Whether the team is flopping, then he'll make a change to move some players. They'll be like maybe a, if DeRoin still not performing or whatever, make a big move just to try to flip things around. Or if the, the team's doing really well and they're third place in the division, maybe he's gonna he's gonna take that shot and go get that that like high price rental at the deadline or something like that. I, I think I think Benjamin makes a big big move before the trade deadline comes. Yeah,
1: oh, I could definitely see... The, yeah, I, I would see... Maybe not, like, middle of the season, but at the trade deadline, I think if they don't do very well, then you're definitely going to see Jeff Petrie get traded. Um, if they do do well, then, yeah, I could definitely see them adding, like, a top, top defenseman.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: something along those lines. So, I, I, th-
0: I think it would be considered one of the, the biggest trades of the time. And he it just... regardless and Even if he's, if, if he's fringe... I think he's been the GM for the Canadians for long enough at this point. I and mean, he's always been patient, but regardless, I think some uh, something's gonna have to happen this year. And it's either are, are gonna be full youth movement or okay, we actually have a shot. And he's gonna go because it's a bit of a weird position because it's a very young team. But your two main pieces are not getting younger in Weber and Price.
1: Yeah, I mean it's true. I, well, Petrie, you could definitely add Petrie to that as well. I mean. I mean the the new well nucleus. I mean I mean the, the bigger part of the team is definitely quite young. I mean they have I think they have like eight eight of their top players that are under twenty five yeah. right now. True. I mean Price and Weber. You know they're getting a little bit older now at this point. But I mean they, I I definitely think they still have quite a few good years ahead of them. Oh especially Price I think. Yeah, especially Price. Yeah. I mean Weber. Uh, I think he's you know probably going to retire. In, three years three or four years because of his con the way his contract yeah, is probably. structured yeah but um, yeah I mean uh, definitely I think a big move at the deadline definitely makes sense either way either you know moving moving Petrie, moving Kincaid or I mean, I think moving Kincaid would no, be a big no, move. I, guess not. Not I mean, really. uh, <laughs>
0: even even moving Petrie, I think is is. I don't know if I would qualify that as a big. I think it's going to be more of a, like like I said, like a Drouin. I could see him getting moved. Well, I don't if, know if, if it's see not that. if it's not working out. He's he's becoming more and more the whipping boy. Of the Canadians,
1: uh, the Canadians media. I mean, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think he moved Drouin during the season. I mean, if if he has another disappointing season, that's... Berger like, that's more the move that he'd make in the off season, But maybe he's going to, I'm saying he's maybe going to make it as a way to
0: jumpstart his team. It's not working out. I can't wait till the offseason to do this. I need this team. The, this team is on the fringe of being what it needs to be. Then you move to Guay and go get, like, an elite the, uh, left-handed defenseman or something like that. Mm. Maybe not elite, but you know what I
1: mean. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, if the is not doing very well, yeah, his, gonna his trade values are going But high. major trade by Berger is
0: what I'm saying alright alright All right. so what's your next bold prediction
1: uh, next one I th- I think this has a really good shot of happening so it's not bold ok continue well I, th- I think it's still pretty bold ok Philip Deneau gets nominated for the Selkie oh yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I could definitely see that I mean I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves <laughs> but wasn't he already he was top 5 top 5 he was 5th yeah.
1: ok so that's not bold I still think it's pretty bold. So, I
0: think a lot of people would argue that it is bold. Maybe, but I, I definitely, I can definitely see that also. I think yeah. he'll definitely deserve to be nominated. I don't know if he'll get nominated, <laughs> is maybe what I would say. But, but what I think actually might bring him over the... Because I almost put Dano down as one of my bold predictions. But uh, but I, you told me you had him as one of yours, so I took him out. But what I was thinking more is I think Dano is going to have a bit of a a breakout uh, uh offensively. I mean he already had 53 points last year, but I think he can add on, tap, on top of that. I think he'll break break 60, 65 points. He only had 12 goals last year. I think he's going to hit at least 20 goals this year. And that I think maybe that's what brings him into Selkie conversation because even though it's defensive forward award, it usually goes to someone that can also it's more of a two-way game, you know that's what I think is gonna happen with Dano Because Dano has said he wants to play on the power play. He's looked good on the power play in uh in preseason. He's the best face off guy on the team, except for maybe Tom, maybe Thompson. So I think and get winning, especially with the new rule this year that you choose what side the face off is to start the the power play. So I, I I can hop on to on to onto your uh, to your bold prediction, and I think the reason he's gonna be nominated is because he's gonna have such a strong offensive year on top of being the amazing defensive player. He so is.
1: you're just gonna hop onto my bold prediction? I'm just saying I can see it <laughs> happening,
0: but it's yours. You said it. It's your bold prediction. So you you think
1: he's gonna be nominated? He's gonna be top three. Yeah, I, I not don't necessarily think he'll win, but definitely he's gonna finish top three.
0: All right, all right. I like it. I like it. So mine. This one is probably mine is the boldest and this is the least likely to happen. I think Kudnyemi scores thirty goals this year. Thirty goals. Thirty. I was gonna say sixty <sighs> points, not bold enough. Thirty goals. <laughs> I think he's gonna start slow. I think obviously he hasn't looked the best he could in the preseason, but. I think he figures it out. I think he's just he put on a lot of muscle mastering this season. His 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 body is going through so many changes, and he just hasn't (laughs) quite gotten used to it for hockey for his game. But he's gonna figure it out. Give him give him maybe ten games, and then the goals are gonna start coming. They're gonna start coming.
1: Thirty goals. Wow. I'm being being
0: bold. I could have said twenty goals, forty assists, sixty points. That's not that bold.
1: Yeah, yeah, 60 points I think is is that's realistic. I don't think 30 goals is realistic. Um, how many how many do you think is realistic? 20
0: 20. Yeah, that's not I mean, bold.
1: I mean this is second season in the AHL. I also think he's probably gonna get off to maybe a, a bit of a slow start mm-hmm. um, and then sort of get on a roll maybe like 10, 10 12 games in. but 30 goals I mean he's he's more of a playmaker really than a finisher. So, I'd, I mean, no. <laughs> no he's going to develop into it because DeWay is going to be his playmaker. I think, like, Yamin I mean, in his prime, I think, is going to be, like, on 30, like, borderline goals. Yeah, well, he's about to hit his prime this year. <laughs> he's going to hit his prime at 19. Yeah, at 19. You know, hopefully. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, see that, I, was,
0: yeah. I was much better at 19 than I am today at everything. <laughs> so it makes well, sense to me. I mean, it, I was gonna realistically, like, I'm not. I wouldn't put maybe money on he scores 30 goals, and I was just gonna say he gets 60 points. I don't think that that's that bold of a prediction. I mean, the main thing that I think that could keep him from this is will he even get the opportunity, the minutes, and all that. But I think he has it in him, and I said it's probably the least likely to happen.
1: Yeah,
0: but I think it really could happen, and I wouldn't be surprised
1: to see him. Hit twenty five instead. There's a lot of police sirens, man. I'm sure that's going to show up on the podcast. I mean, uh... <laughs> I mean, we, we live in a rough neighborhood. What are we you going to do. Do? do? That's what that's what happens when you live in Verdun. And but um, yeah. thirty goals, though. Yeah, like I said, I don't think. Yeah, that's definitely probably the least least likely one. I think he's going to have a really good season, but no, there's no way he scores. But we goals. we
0: both agree, he probably starts slow but then go on a
1: roll. Yeah, yeah I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, definitely an improvement on on his uh, statistically on his thirty four points from from last year. But I don't know. I can I can see him developing into more of a goal scorer. well,
1: I mean, well hopefully, hopefully, just
0: like, overall, not just a goal. Like, still a good playmaker, but just kind of getting like almost like like at his prime, uh, thirty goals, forty assists, kind of stuff, thing, You
1: know. Yeah, I think thirty goals at his prime. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be a forty goal scorer, but
0: you never know. That maybe maybe that will
1: be next year's bold prediction after he scores
0: thirty. Of maybe season. we'll see. Alright, so what's your next All right, one prediction?
1: Alright, next one. This is super bold. Yeah. Lekkanen score... I, I was going to say 20, but I'm going to say 25. Oh, okay. Arturi lacking with 25 goals. I mean, that's
0: only 7 more than his rookie
1: season. That's true, but I think a lot of people would say that's more bold than Kokonami scoring 30. I would,
0: I would agree with that. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if he figures it out, I could see it happening, but I'm at that point where it's like, okay, well, is he going to figure it out? I don't know. I mean, starting with Lekanndomi like and and Suzuki, if those three can find some chemistry together, if that's actually the line that, that starts the season, I mean, it's the best chance he's going to get. And I, if he, if it he doesn't happen, if he doesn't get the 25 goal, 20-25, I mean, I don't know. Then does he just become a defensive specialist? Because he's, he's got his last year 11 goals, 20 assists, 31 points. God, that's just not
1: enough. Yeah, you'd like to see him more in the 40-point well not necessarily if he's going to be playing with Domi on a regular basis but uh you know I think he's a really good defensive forward hopefully more at least 40 points is what he should be uh, should be targeting
0: I'd like to see him develop to and I I think it, it, this could happen but to a, almost Tom, Thomas Tatar level you know
1: I, yeah I think that makes sense uh, yeah I think I think he could turn into that kind of guy um, I mean what he is now, I mean, at the very least, I mean, what he is right now is is a very very solid, you know, defensive third line winger. But uh, I mean, he definitely has the potential, and I think, I think, I mean, especially if he gets a, a, you know, a decent chance to play with Domi, he he could definitely put up twenty five goals, twenty, no doubt, twenty five. Could happen. No, I like it. I like it. There's gonna be a lot of goals
0: being scored by the the Canadians this year. Apparently,
1: yeah, 25 from Lekkenen, 35 or 30 from uh, from Kukinami. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe Army will get 50. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had one last one, which uh, I
0: just wanted to have one that was more negative. Because uh, it's it's not like it's going to be all sunshines and rainbows for the Canadians And I think this actually goes against the one I just said for Katkaniemi Because I think if Katkaniemi hits 30 goals it's because he develops chemistry with Drouin But my last one was Drouin will spend at least one game as a healthy scratch Is that
1: really that bold? <laughs> I mean probably he,
0: the money he at makes with the money he makes but why probably at some point do you think uh, Domi's really... gonna spend some time as a healthy scratch no do you but, think I mean... Daniel was gonna spend some time as a healthy scratch no but it's Rue unacceptable, unacceptable not, that he that this well, would happen.
1: Yeah, I guess, but Drouet is obviously not Domi and uh, or Dano. I guess so. fine, so it doesn't count. It's not a bold prediction. He'll <laughs> get five games as a, as a healthy scratch. Yeah, okay, that would be more bold. Okay, fine. But uh, yeah, one game, uh, I could definitely see that happening, especially early on, if he doesn't get off to a good start early on.
0: No, I think he'll get a lot of chances early on him because they want him to break out. Because the thing that worries me about Drouet is he seems to be the type that if you make him a healthy scratch, it's just going to make things worse.
1: Yeah, you could be right about that. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, like, he, yeah, he he seems like a a nonchalant kind of guy, but... I mean, who knows what the reality is, like, behind closed doors. and. I don't know. And, like, room. when
0: you go on Twitter and people argue for him, they love to bring up his stats, how, like, if you compare it to other players that that, that that make the same amount of money as him, he's not, like, that bad of a value, blah, blah, blah. Like, does no one else remember that he scored eight of his goals in two games? Did he didn't even have two four-goal games? He had at least one. I don't think he had two. But he had, like, one four-goal game, and then one, like, in the span of, like... It was in the span of something ridiculous, like five or six games. He scored, like, the majority of his goals uh, for the whole season. Yeah. It was, it, it's just, overall, if you look at every game individually, it's just... And, and like, that four-goal game was a game that the Canadians won, like, something like 8-2 to two or something. Like, yeah. He gets points and blowouts.
1: Yeah. but uh, Yeah, I mean, well, I think a lot of people just look at how his career sort of started with the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. and... You know, sort of had maybe some attitude issues. Maybe that was quite a few years ago, right? I mean, he's he's older now. He's 24, 25. Maybe he did some things that he regrets. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't think his attitude is quite as bad as people make it out yeah. to be. But he might just be a player that he just has such flashes
0: of brilliance that he no one will ever be satisfied with what he brings because it seems like he could offer more, but maybe he just can't. Maybe he's just uh 55 60 point guy and his ceiling is like 25 goals 20 goals 40 assists yeah, yeah which
1: i mean i think if he can get 60 65 points from the way, i mean that's still pretty reasonable it's still pretty decent eh, it's, it's it's I mean it's he, you know he has more you know he might have a higher ceiling than that but uh, you know he might not necessarily hit that but I, again i mean if you can get 60 points out of him i think that's pretty decent <clears throat> All right, so that's it for my bold. Do you have any more bold predictions? Uh, the last one that I had is more prospects-related. Um, I My prediction was Otto Liskinen is going to play at least 10 games with the Canadians this year. Oh, really? Otto Liskinen. That's Interesting. Right. That's right. I think he Because is, of injuries, I guess? Uh, well, maybe a combination of different things. I think he, by the end of the season, he's going to be... I mean, he's older than Cale Fleury. He's 22, I believe. Um, but I think early on in the season he's gonna become one of the top defensemen for the Rocket and by the second half of the season he gets a call up and gets ten games.
0: But the reason I I don't think that I mean, you're right, he's twenty two. Uh, so how does it work? I always forget like for I got like Xavier Wallet. Would he have to go through waivers to
1: call him up? No, it's if you send him back down. Oh is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. It used to be like that. Like, oh, that's quite what it okay, okay, okay,
0: so. So so I think Walet would be the first call up amongst this defenseman group.
1: If an injury were to happen now, yeah, probably. But I, th- I'd I say think I Leskinen is going to beat just going to outplay everybody in Laval and he's going to eventually be the number 1 guy. I'm not
0: arguing that he's not going to outplay people in Laval, but you could easily say that Flurry outplayed a lot of people last year. And yeah, they but just wanted yeah, to give him the, the was 19 years. But yeah, 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 That's that's the big difference. Because like, that, maybe that's more the Josh Brook situation. Josh Brook would have to have an incredible season to be called up. I think because I, I really think that they're the plan here is to leave him down there the whole time. So yeah, I can see that happening. That's 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 pretty. I think that's to a lot of people because I think a lot of people I mean, will be like, will just be like, who? Exactly. So in that yeah. sense, it's bold. In that sense, it's bold. So let's let's move on to uh the uh the bold predictions that we got from. Uh, uh, some uh, friends of the podcast whether it's uh, people we've interviewed or people that uh, reach out to us on, on, on Twitter a lot or not yeah
1: I reached out to a bunch of different people on Twitter and, uh, and that uh, sent some messages to yeah, so like you said some of the uh, friends of the podcast to see what they thought or what their bold predictions were uh, so first of all I mean, some some are less bold than others. but um, So, first of all, I mean, Anthony Marcotte from uh, 91.9 Sports and obviously the, the face of the Rocket or the voice of the Rocket. Uh, he predicts the Rocket will make the playoffs for the first time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Rocket prediction. No, I like that. Rocket I like prediction. that. I mean, especially if they start with the team that they have
0: right now I and mean, if they end up holding on to doing and all that. Uh, I could see that. Yep. That would be fun. Some playoff, some cheap ticket playoff hockey oh in Montreal. God. I uh, hope so. I can't,
1: I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to go to the game on Friday. Uh, so we got also Larry Malott. So he's the voice of the Guelph Storm. Yeah. Um, so I asked him if he had any predictions from uh, about Nick Suzuki. He said he's going to score at least 50 points this season. Nice. And the the tri- the Pacioretty trade is just gonna keep looking better and better as the years oh, go. Oh my god, I love <laughs> it!
0: I love it. I mean, the fifty points you got to think that that gets him pretty close to rookie of the year
1: conversation. Yeah, fifty points. I mean, for sure, we got a lot of Nick Suzuki predictions actually. Uh, so we got Marcodivi de um said sixty points for Nick Suzuki. Okay, okay. Um, so even even better. Uh, we got uh, Mike Vini who said uh, Suzuki like you Suzuki will be nominated for the Calder.
0: Who was it? Mike Vini. Yeah, Mike Smart Vini. Guy. <laughs> Smart guy. Smart guy. We got
1: Etienne Ferland. Okay. Winning the Calder. Winning the Calder. Winning the Calder. Nick oh Suzuki. Oh boy, Etienne. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully he's right. Uh, hopefully uh, he is. We all hope you uh, are. That would be awesome. Uh, Dom Barlow as well. He said um, also said Nick Suzuki Calder finalist. So a lot of Nick Suzuki uh, um, predictions here, obviously.
0: All right, Um, before you move on from Nick Suzuki, just to bring it back, I just brought up the the points for rookies last year. So, Elias Peterson had an amazing season for a rookie with 66 points in 71 games, but everyone else had below 50 points. So, if he gets 50 points, he's definitely – he should be in the conversation, you'd think. I mean, it's more than just points and all that. It depends on what other players do, obviously, but
1: usually. I think Jack Jack Hughes – yeah, Jack Hughes and Capo uh, and Caco definitely have the potential to put up at least 50 points. Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes, two like new-age defensemen, super offensive-minded. They could probably put up like four at least 40 points themselves. Drafted both of them yesterday in our, uh, okay, our yeah. hockey pool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, aside from that, we got uh, scrimmage and stats. Uh, so the hockey at the hockey expert on Twitter um, says, Yemi finishes the the year as a second line center, Domi moves to the wing and Norlander ends up being a top pro, top 5 prospect for the Habs by the end of the season. I mean Norlander has been looking pretty good so far.
0: He had that highlight reel of goal which yeah, has put him on the goal. radar for a lot of uh, a lot of Habs fans, uh Habs fans. He's he, maybe he'll be this year's uh I mean, Romanov was making us exciting last year I mean, you know, hopefully yeah. he'll heal again this year but I like, I like that But sorry what was the other part of his prediction
1: uh, so Domi well Kukinemi ends up being the second line center by the end of the year and Domi moves to the wing now, I like
0: it I like. I mean it fits with my prediction I'm worried that Domi's not going to be as good on the wing as he was
1: because he had yeah. a breakout
0: season at center right so See, maybe yeah, that's yeah, what could, he needed it could
1: definitely happen um, after that we got Chris uh, so at Grumpy Greek 70 Habs are going to make the playoffs Fun fact, he was our first ever uh, giveaway winner. Oh, there you go. Yep. His Twitter pick is actually uh, wearing the hat that he won. Um, after that, we got at F-F-F-F-F-F-F-S price, so I'm assuming for fuck's sake price, I guess. Habs, 100 points, and Drouin at least 70 points.
0: Ooh, Drouin 70 points, I like it.
1: That's a bold. That's, that's, that's pretty I mean, bold. Habs, 100 <laughs> points,
0: they had 96 last year. Uh, so 100 points is not that big of a jump. I mean, you have a competent backup goalie and a power play that scores more than a goal every 25 games
1: and you yeah. probably hit 100
0: points. So I, I, I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got Costa Ronzokos. This is a bold one. Maybe the boldest. Habs power play over 20%. Ooh, That's a bold one. <laughs> that is bold. Uh, I guess that would mean Shea Weber would have a monster year. He, well, you would think so, for sure. Uh, after that, we got Andrew. So at A Marchand, Uh, Mete scores in the home opener. Oh, I would love that. That would be a great way to start the year. That would be, yeah, that would be a pretty big one for sure. I
0: thought he was going to score in preseason because I just thought that would be fun. (laughs)
1: Um, After that, uh, so we also have, uh, we got Canadians prospects. So at MTL underscore prospects. Um, So he gave us, well, first a few for the Canadians. Says Philip Deneau will reach 60 points. Which yeah, I think that could definitely yeah, happen. It wasn't
0: that far off last year.
1: Gallagher Gallagher scores thirty seven goals. I think that that's pretty bold. Okay, thirty seven goals. That's 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 quite a few. Uh, Kukinami will hit fifty five points. I definitely think that's uh, that, that's realistic. Uh, Fleury remains. So fifty
0: five points. That's thirty
1: goals and twenty five assists. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, Fleury will remain with the big club all year. I agree with that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Suzuki will get some play, uh, power play time and will increase his point totals to about thirty five. Um, okay, and po- and Paling will score fifteen if he if he's healthy. Fifteen goals. Fifteen goals. Well, that's, uh, that'd be pretty solid. And as far as prospects, he says uh, Alan McShane scores at least eighty five points. Um, and uh, aside from that, Fairbrother, uh, so our third rounder from last year, forty to fifty points, and uh, Samuel Ud uh, gets at least a point per game. All right, not um, bad. Yeah, uh, we got a few more predictions
0: from uh, some of our friends. All right. Oh, team. I got one, more, oh, one uh, more
1: from our friends at From Failing Hands. Nice. Right. Um, nothing too bold here, but uh, Kin uh, Kincaid will have the best performance of backup in years. Uh, yeah, definitely you- not too hard to beat. Oh, well, yeah, last the year. GME <laughs> last year.
0: I think they forgot. I, if they listen to the podcast from Failing Hands, I think the one they will agree with for sure is belchard winning GM of the year. Because oh, yeah, we all know how they one. love <laughs> <Best> over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we asked a few of our buddies, too, to have, uh, have a bit more predictions. In, and then uh, our friend uh, Hugo St-Marie predicted that Shea Weber will have his best season for power play goals. And I like that one.
1: Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean... If they're gonna hit that twenty percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. you think that's gonna happen?
0: He, that we, we need it to happen. We need it to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, would love to see that. I mean, Shea Weber, you can tell that he's. So he had a a, a few like back to back shortened seasons uh, because of injuries. I would love to see an eighty two games out of Weber this year. And if that happens, this could be his last. Like I, I don't think he's gonna fall off after of this year or whatever. But I, 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 think this might end up being one of his last like elite years. But I think he still has it. But you know, yeah. eventually he's gonna start slowing down, obviously. Uh, so that 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 could be a big game changer and beating his power play goal total. I mean, he's gonna be the main weapon. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah that'd be huge, huge for sure. And uh, we got one more. Yeah, Thomas Mascherinius. I don't remember what his prediction was. I
1: forget too. Oh, you forget too. All right, let me let me bring it up. Let me bring Actually, it up. Actually, I forgot oh. one. Pro- I, I for- Yeah, like, we- this is my big prediction, and I did, like completely forgot about it. No. Mete again will go the whole season without scoring a goal. Oh, nice. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so that's not Thomas's prediction.
0: That's Dustin's prediction. Uh, <laughs> that would be. I mean at this point I mean <laughs> I love it. Like the reason why I want it to end eventually uh, his gold drought is just because it's going to start affecting him I think. But like I think everyone recognizes how great of a defenseman he is despite this despite uh his struggles <laughs> scoring goals. But I remember the last game last year where he just he had like an open net. Yeah, he came close a couple of he, times he, he, last season. Yeah, but. he came he came close but uh uh, it didn't happen, but uh, yeah, that would be pretty funny. No goals for Mete. All right, so I got our conversation with Thomas here. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, we already talked about this, but uh, Daniel. Well, yeah, this was your prediction. Daniel will be, is going to be considered for the Selkie, and uh, whatever line he ends up on is going to be one of the best lines in oh, yeah, the league. Conference. That's true. So uh, I guess you uh, you stole his prediction.
1: No, I was already
0: thinking about that. You already think about that Help me right. remember it. All right, so, uh, so, so Thomas and uh, and Dustin have the same prediction. Uh, all right, so I think that's pretty much it uh, for uh, for this week's episode. Did you have anything else wanted? Any more predictions? So Canadians make the playoffs. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, definitely, I'm with uh, I'm with Chris, uh, the Grumpy Greek here. Habs are making the playoffs. I hope so. I, and hope I agree so. with uh, Anthony Marquette. The Rocket are going to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to have a good run. The Rocket, you mean they're going to have a good one? Maybe win? winning the Calder Cup. Ooh, winning the Calder Cup. That would be okay. amazing. Okay, so who's
0: is it with Caden Primo as a starter? Uh,
1: yeah, they're going to get rid of Lindgren. And McNiven and Primo are going to are gonna go 50 50. During the season, the during playoffs, the playoffs, you're not going 50 50. You're going to McNiven.
0: McNiven McNiven's
1: my boy McNiven okay Slurry was my boy last year McNiven's my boy this year alright alright
0: so we'll see maybe maybe this means that next year McNiven will beat Price for the starting job maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, that's a bold prediction <laughs> alright so we'll try to get the episodes back out on uh, Mondays like we mentioned so we'll have some actual regular season Canadian hockey to talk about uh, next week and as always follow us on Twitter at the Habs forum don't forget to shoot Dustin questions about anything we love to cover them during the podcast. If you listen to us on iTunes, like us, give us a review, uh, whatever other podcast service you use, same thing, like us, five stars, or whatever their metrics are to, to direct things. Thanks us